Welcome to Catch the Fire London podcast. We really pray that you will be blessed and encounter God's transforming presence as you listen to this message. Please stand and stretch your hands. We're going to pray for Chloe. I think it's Chloe and Stu do a double act today. Stu, would you come forward so we can, <laughs> we can stretch our hands in? And yes, if he gets the microphone, I don't know. He might just get a couple of minutes. I don't know. But I'll just stretch your hands and... Yeah. <laughs> I know. Just the mama and the papa of the house. We bless them when we love them. Hey, come on. Can you just say, we love you, Stu and Chloe? Come on. We do. Father, thank you for the mummy and the daddy of this house. We thank you so much for the heart that they have, constantly seeking and pressing in for more of you so they can give more to us. We thank you. And Father, we know that this week they've been preparing and they've been waiting on you and they've have got a word from you. And Lord, I pray, Lord, as they stand and as they give, Father, you know our hearts. Would you place your hand on your heart and just really, Father God, we want to be ready as a people. Our hearts are open with one hand stretched to Stu and Clue, another hand on your heart. Just we pray right now for every heart. Father, we say we're ready to receive everything that you have for us through your daughter and son right now. Bless them as they give, as we see Jesus in them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs> oh my I'm starting. I'm starting. We're going to talk about... Um, uh, I am the Alpha and Omega today. Um, and so Chloe and I are going to tag team. We're going to sort of split that in half and, and go for it. But um, we, we had uh, Leah and Dwayne up um, with us this week and uh, just having some fun together. But um, we were telling a story about uh, when we went to Alton Towers with Chloe. And I think it was Alton Towers, uh, wherever Oblivion is. Has anyone been on Oblivion? It's the one that goes up, 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 and then goes down. And round a loop and then stops. So I said to Chloe as we were going up, because I'm a very good husband, so I like to prepare my wife for things that are about to happen. And so I said to her, look, as we go over the, as we go over the hump, uh, you need to take a breath in because you won't be able to breathe as we're going down. And I thought that might distress Chloe. Um, and then it's over really quickly, so don't worry. No, no, this is, this is a full-on drop. And so, as we, went, as we went up, I was like, I always say to people, like, breathe the Holy Spirit in, breathe out, but don't hyperventilate. I was saying the same to Chloe as we were going up. She was like, oh. I was like, chill, we're not at the top yet. You're going like, to pass out before we actually get anywhere. So I was like, so as we got to the top, I could just feel the, you know, that bit right at the top, and you know you're just at the hovering bit. And I'm like, okay, breathe in now. So she breathes in. And we go down, we do the loop, and we stop. People start getting out of the roller coaster. We're left in, and Chloe suddenly realizes that she can now breathe. <laughs> and this is her breathing. Ah! Everyone else had left. And we're sat there, nothing's happening. <laughs> close screaming so much so that the stewards of the ride started to come to see what had gone wrong with Chloe on the ride and the revelation of that story to be fair you didn't tell me when I could breathe 
you know Did what? I just have the last say? And that is the moral of this story. Chloe tends to get the last say. <laughs> Honestly, I will never forget. He's like, what's your problem? I'm like, well, all the adrenaline, my eyes were so tight at the end as well. I was like, I don't actually know where I am or whether we've stopped. It was just, I don't even like teacups. You know, the... Even a bump in the road, I feel like my tummy's been left behind. Does anyone else feel that? No, mum, look at mum. Mum's like, I get it from you. <laughs> um, but we're, we're super excited for this whole series. And we're actually gonna be um, finishing this series in, I think, October. And the, the final one will be, um, I am the everlasting God. And then we're gonna do a three, the Lord gave me a dream. And we're gonna do a three week series on heaven and eternity and we're going to be looking into that and it's we're going to tap a little bit into it today because today is alpha and omega look at your friends say alpha and omega and we are going to tag team Stu's going to be doing alpha I'm going to do omega we think um, and I love this because I, I mean revelation is one of those books where it's like oh you know, it's, it's amazing, but also a little bit awkward. I don't quite get some of it. But simply Alpha and Omega, and this is the what it means, the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet used to designate the comprehensiveness of God. Basically saying God includes all that he can be. That's who it is. He that was in the beginning of all things will be at the close. Look at your friend and say beginning and close. Isn't that amazing? It's like, what's our problem? He is a booking, booking end. He is bookends. He's either side. He's alpha. He's omega. Everything in between. Basically, we are sandwiched between an almighty God. Our entire life has the beginning and the end who is in charge over us. And I'm going to be talking a bit about that in the moment. But I, I felt this. I journaled this earlier. Present at the world's beginning, present at the very end, when he and his works are finally and fully relieved, the omega reveals, sorry, the omega will have the last say. And so we've got everything in between. He was there at the beginning. He's going to be there at the end. We don't know when, but it's fair to say that we are a little bit closer than we were 10 minutes ago. And so we need to be ready. And something that I've realized, even with Uncle Tony going to heaven, is preparing my heart, preparing my heart to realize the omega, the close, the final say will happen. But everything in between, I'm going to live life to the full in between. I'm going to live life knowing he is the alpha, who is the anointed one, who owns everything and sums up who he is. My life was breathed into by the alpha. And my my life will go to heaven. I will be in heaven when the Omega, the final one, when he says, this is your time. And I have an opportunity in the middle to live my life with the Alpha and Omega in every situation and every decision. And we're going to be sharing some testimonies today, um, some fun ones. <laughs> And we're going to be talking a lot about the power of who he is. But what I wanted to say before Stu says anything, I wrote this down earlier. He is our all-sufficient Lord, who at the end of the day will complete every good work in us. And if you're here this morning and you just think, oh, this is so frustrating in a moment. This, what I'm going through, he's alpha, he's omega, he knows it all. He's bookending even your decisions. 
He understands where you're at and he understands where you're going. So just put a hand on the person next to you and say, Alpha and Omega. He was here when you were born. He will be with you when you go to eternity. And he's everything in between. Okay, go turn with me to Revelation 1, verse 8. And then Stu, do you want to come up and I'm going to take over from you? So... Well, you come up first and then I'll take over. <laughs> so Revelation 1 verse 8, and this is one of my, my life verses. And this is partly what I always need to remember every moment of the day. Revelation 1 verse 8, I am, someone say I am. The I am, the great I am is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord who is and was and is to come. That word come means to appear like a flash of light, to arise and show himself. The almighty one, the almighty there, the original word for that is ruler of all. His power is absolute. absolute. He who holds sway over everything. Shabbat He holds sway over everything. So I I always, whenever I'm having a bit of a wobble, like yesterday, walking into the hospital to see my Uncle Anthony, I was like, okay, right now I have a choice. Am I going to be tossed to and fro in the wind, like James talks about, be double-minded and forget who my God is? Or am I going to understand that the absolute one has the sway over everything? And as I step foot in, I'm like, oh gosh, you're here. You're absolutely here. And, and part of today is realising the Alpha and Omega, yes, we can have moments where we're in awe of this God, but also we want revelation of how we live in an understanding of He is Alpha and Omega in every situation, in every circumstance, and He will have the final say. In the beginning, God created the world. And in the end, he will come. We do not know when, but everything in between, our life choices matter. And so look at your friends and say, he is good. He is coming. Wow. I already gone and done it. He gave me the mic. For those of you who are new to the church, her giving me the mic is... Yeah. I literally, I, mess, I messaged Dwayne and Leah this morning. I'm like, please pray because clothes going first. <laughs> I actually prepared something. Must have been yeah, I know, exactly. <sighs> there is an anointing in the room for us to have revelation of the omnipresence of God. Because there are some people in the room and even online who have had moments where you felt alone. It's a lie. You are never alone because he is everywhere. And you are never alone because he is everywhere. He is omnipresent. It means forever present and that means everywhere and you know the psalmist talks to you so where could I go could I go to the far sides of the earth could I go to the depths of the deep could I go to the heavens he is everywhere but also and talking about sozo thank you Gary talking about inner healing he's everywhere now that what that it's it's a it's a revelation that hit Dwayne and I I think the rest of the staff didn't really care or 
see it happen. But in a staff meeting a number of weeks ago, and, and we just I just started to talk about that during our prayer time as we pray as a staff team every week for the service. But he's every when. He, he's, he, he's the Alpha and Omega, and he's every bit in between. It's not like he started the earth, and he's going to come back for the earth, and in the meantime, he's sat up there on a cloud playing a harp. That's not real theology. Real theology is that he's absolutely everywhere and absolutely every when, which means there's never a moment that he's not with you. Now, the fact that he's every when at all times and he's everywhere at all times means that we don't have to be like, God, would you, would you leave Pinna right now and go and bless our family in Kenya? He's everywhere, which means he can, be, he can be speaking to Flicky about what she's doing in her life and her housing situation and, and her ministry. And at the same time, he can be speaking to Marina about you know, something that happened when she was two years old. And at the same time, speaking to Andrew about his family and the, and the stuff that happened last weekend with the awards and, and all the amazing testimonies that came out of it. And he can be everywhere and everywhere at the same time. And he's just a perfect God in all of those situations. And so I think we just need to upgrade our understanding of how big he is, but not just like he's big, but he's everywhere and every when, which means that when we're praying, it's like, God, would you bless Heather? And would you bless Jazz? And would you bless Stephen? And would you bless Paul? And would you bless? And would you bless? And we don't have to be like running out going, oh, but don't bless Bernard because you won't have enough for Christine. And I think sometimes we do that. Sometimes we hold back on the blessing that we can receive because we limit God that actually he needs to really be blessing those people in Africa or he really needs to be blessing those people who are struggling in America. Or he really need, And we, we limit God and it's like, oh, the little thing that I'm dealing with, that's only a little thing. And we're limiting God because he's everywhere and he's everywhere. But in a healing, it also means that the trauma and sometimes abuse and neglect and rejection and isolation that's happened in the past, he's every when, which means he can go back and heal that even now. And you don't, you don't have to be like a product of your history. <laughs> you can be a product of his history. You don't have to just be a victim to all the things that have happened working out of your past life and the trauma and abuse that's happened to you. You don't have to be shaped by that because he can even right now go back to when you were two years old and actually change, it won't change events. It's not like there's a parallel universe out there. But he can go back and change the effect of the events. And he can cause those words or those actions that came at you and at the time went into you. He can cause those things to come at, as they're coming at you to not go into you. And even though you may have been too young or too young in God or too weak in your revelation or whatever it is, even though at the time in your history you may have, been, you may have just absorbed it and now you're working out of that trauma, he can go back now and change it. So that even though every year and every moment up to this point, you've been working out of that trauma, he can go back and change the effect of that trauma right now. And that's why we love inner healing. Must be important, I went high-pitched. 
That's why we love inner healing, because he can right now. In fact, why don't you just shut your eyes right now and let the omnipresent every when of God go back into your past and the Holy Spirit change the effect of what happened to you. Well, you don't understand because you... No, I wasn't there, but he was. And even if I was there, I'm probably not powerful enough to change it anyway. But God is. And he can go. And whereas it shaped you before, he can stop that shaping even now. And so there's no parallel universe, but there can be a you that's new creation. The, the, the more than conqueror. The head and not the tail. The one who is living in victory. Because he's everywhere and he's everywhere. Psalm 127 so I'm going to talk about the Alpha and then Chloe's going to come and talk about the Omega. My revelation is actually fairly obvious, but it's also very brief. And then Chloe can get the mic. So Psalm 127.1 says, If the Lord doesn't build it, the laborers build in vain. And as I was preparing this about the, the Lord is the Alpha, it means he's the start. He is the start. And we're doing the I Am series. And I felt for my little bit, it's like, I am the start. Anything else hasn't started. If he didn't start it, it never started. You may be living it. <laughs> you may be working for it. You may be ministering it. You may be related to it. <laughs> but if he didn't start it, it never started. Because he's the alpha. It's like, well, I've just started a business. Have you? Because if he didn't start it, it never started. I've just started this relationship. Not if he didn't start it. And because, and everyone's like, but now I'm in turmoil because I'm in a relationship, I'm in a job, I'm in a house, I'm in a whatever it may be, I'm in a ministry that maybe God didn't start. Now the good thing is, I started with the first bit of Revelation. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere and he's every when. So he can actually go back to the start of your relationship, to the start of your job, to the start of your business, to the start of your ministry. He can actually go back to the start and sanctify that moment. And even though you didn't start it with God, you can now live it with God because he's omnipresent. That's nuts. The reverse is also true. Just because God said something doesn't mean he's still saying something. Because he's omnipresent, he's everywhere and he's every when, he's also a God of the now as much, every moment is a now. So in Joshua 6, no, let's actually, Numbers 14. <laughs> so God's, God told Moses, send the spies out. Joshua and Moses send the spies out. 12 spies went into Israel. If you don't know the story, just take my word for it. And 12 spies went out and 10 came back going, they're massive. We're never going to defeat them. They're huge. We were like grasshoppers in their eyes and in our own eyes. They're enormous. And the land is bad. And Joshua and Caleb were like, who are you? And where were you? Were we even in the same room? Because what I saw was a land flowing with milk and honey. These, God has said it, and we're in. Like, we're, and, but they didn't listen. The Israelites didn't listen to Joshua and Caleb. They listened to the ten guys. Do you listen to the crowd? And so, 
It's a really funny story. In Numbers, not funny at all. It's a really tragic story. Numbers 14. You can read it when you get home. So God says, go and conquer the land. The Israelites go, no. Bad land, bad people, scared. God says, how long am I going to put up with you people? Behaving like this, talking like this, believing like this. And after a little bit of disobedience, the Israelites go, right, we're ready. Let's go conquer the land. And, God's, and Moses says, what are you doing? Now, here's the really interesting thing. God said it. The Israelites said, no, thank you. God said, you're a Muppet. The Israelites said, you're right, come on, let's go conquer the land. But in the midst of the command and the disobedience, God actually changes his plan. Because he's not willing to put his best in your lap if your best is full of rebellion. And so God said it. Israelites said, no way. God said, you're a Muppet. Israelites said, oh, okay, then we'll go and conquer the land. And God says, don't do it. Israelites say, we're going to do it. Israelites die. They were obeying a word from back here, not realizing that because God is omnipresent, he's everywhere and everywhere. He's in the moment of disobedience and he's actually shaping the plan on the way. Everyone's like, well, God's plan never changes. Well, it did in Numbers. Because God's plan changed based on the obedience and the behavior of the Israelites. And so God had a best for them. They messed it up and God said, my best is going to be ruined by you lot. So I'm not going to give you my best now. Change of plan. They didn't hear the change of plan and a load of them died. Now, the good news is you're not going to die. But... We have to be people who are so close to the heart of the Father that the actual act of rebellion never happens. That would be the best job. We never say, no, thank you, Jesus. But even if that moment happens, and we all mess up, we all make mistakes, even if that moment happens, we need to be so close to God that even in the rebellion, we're still hearing his heart. So when he says, plan has changed, we change. He's not asking you to be obedient to the thing he said 30 years ago. He's asking you to be obedient to the thing he's saying now. Because he is the start of everything. But as Close said, he's in absolutely everything. So why don't you just shut your eyes. Father, I choose to repent for every moment I have wandered away from you. And even in times where you have said something and I have been disobedient and then I've been in disobedience to my obedience, to my disobedience of my obedience, Lord, we repent. We want to be so close to you that we're able to hear the alterations in the plan. And Father, we thank you that you're outside of time. We thank you that you can go back and sanctify the start of this journey. We thank you that the relationships, the job, the ministry, the life choices that we've made can all be under the blood of Jesus. And we confess to you right now that if you didn't start it, it didn't start. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just look at your friend and say, He is Alpha, He is Omega. 
I, I love thinking about Alpha. I mean, our, our dog, our old dog, was a real Alpha, an Alpha male. And so that's where we, we get the term from, you know, like they are the head of the pack, real head of the pack. Baggy, not so much. <laughs> Baggy's a bit more of a soppy puppy. <laughs> but Omega, look at your friend say Omega. Okay, it's the 24th letter of the alphabet, the final one, the omega. And what I love is that you can take this so many ways. I'm going to go on two, two tracks today as we bring this to a, a close, a landing. But the omega is Jesus will have the final say. End of. And the other thing that I love is his name will be the name that outlasts them all. Because when Jesus comes back to rule and reign, and when we're all swept up, if we haven't gone up by then for eternity, well, I'm not, don't come and tell me we're not going to get swept up. I don't want one of those conversations. I'm saying when we're all in glory together, He will be the name that survives all of history. No one will know Chloe. They will know the name of Jesus. Someone say Jesus. He is the Omega. Oh, and I love the fact that he does get the final say. And something that I really want to push in on is that Jesus is the absolute power. Revelation talks about it. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles 20. I think we'll go 2 Chronicles 20. 2 Chronicles is another one of my favorite passages or scriptures. Um, 2 Chronicles 20 verse 15. And what I love about this is it always reminds me who God is. And some of us need to be reminded he needs to start the thing, but he needs to end it, but everything in between. And here we go. It says, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours. It belongs to God. Someone say it belongs to God. We don't battle flesh. We battle spirit. But actually, God battles it for us. So in the midst of everything with the Alpha and our life as the Omega, the battle belongs to Him. And His name, Jesus, is going to be the most powerful thing you can say to darkness at any time, night or day. If I've had a bad dream, I had a, um, a series of quite weird things at night not long ago. And I think I'm saying this because someone's going to gonna um, have my testimony to help them sleep. And it wasn't that I was lacking sleep, but I had these really weird things happening where I would wake up and my heart would be pounding and I'd feel something weird was in the room. And you know what? Jesus. And it's what, was it Wigglesworth? It was Wigglesworth, wasn't it? Who suddenly sat up in the night because he saw a shadow at the end of his bed. And he's like, Oh, it's only you talking to the enemy. I went back to sleep. And I really believe understanding the power of Alpha Omega, Alpha and Omega, something about us living our life, making sure that the shadows know you know who Jesus is, is one of the most important things that we can have in our hearts and our atmospheres and revelation. Because at the name of Jesus, every demon flees. Someone say, Jesus. And if his revelation says he is the absolute power who has the final sway over all things, woo, some of you have got to start swaying a bit in line with heaven and not in line with the enemy. He is the all-powerful one. Some say all-powerful. Jesus is the absolute power, the supreme God and master of all. 1 Chronicles 15 verse 54 says, Death, where is your sting? 
Shakaramba. There is no sting when we're alive in Christ. Like God has won it all. And I, I feel like some of you this week are going to have moments where you need to pray over your families or yourself. And I never forget when I had, we went to an aqua park, I think, and I fell and my shoulder, I really busted my um, bicep, but it was also something to do with my rotator cuff and I couldn't move my arm properly. I'd had loads of people praying and all of this. And I'm like, God, surely your power is enough. You've taught me. Like, I see blind eyes open. Why is my arm not coming in line with heaven? And I was soaking on the floor in our front room and I couldn't even lift my arm. You had to help me get dressed because my shoulder was so painful. And I was soaking on the floor and I suddenly said, you're not listening to me, to my shoulder. I was done with not living in the resurrection power of Jesus for me. I was done with not living in the, you will have the final say. And it's not just the final say when I breathe my last breath. It's the final say over sickness. It's the final say over my bank account. It's the final say over my relationships. And either I need to believe it or I don't. He's either God or he isn't. And I yelled like anything over this bicep and over my rotator cuff. Stu was, <laughs> Stu was on the sofa. He said he shot up because he was really deep soaking. And all of a sudden, my arm just went up in the air and I stood in that moment and he literally is like well what's that what's just happened and I'm like he had the final say and sometimes we've got to be a little bit more tenacious with ourselves and owning our own lives with him he's seated on the throne but we've given too much of our lives away We've given control to the enemy. We've opened doors. We've allowed family to manipulate sometimes. We've been swayed. He has sway over all things. He is the omega. Look at your friend and say, he'll have the final say. Jesus has the last say, now and for eternity. And I journaled this morning. The greatest smack in the face to darkness is the reality that the omega lives in you. The Alpha and Omega, the fullness of the deity of God resides in you in bodily form, Scripture says, in Christ Jesus. That means you have the final say. It's no more debate. He has the final say. The King has spoken. And we, who likes testimonies? Anyone ever missed a plane? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is, a, this is a long test to me. We're going to land on this for a reason. But we were in an airport in France and I had a really... Is, who's French in here? Bonjour. Ah! The only French I know is a savoue, s'il vous plaît. Which is please sit down, but you already are. So, you know, there we go. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, I was in... We were in Lyon and... The people we were with, we had to get home for a meeting and it was a really important, it was like there was a, it wasn't life or death, but it could have been. And we were in Lyon Airport and the people that we were speaking at a conference with, they said, oh, um, you just need to get to the airport half an hour before you arrive, um, but half an hour before your flight because everything's really quiet. And I looked at Stu and I said, no, we need to go now. I felt really uncomfortable. Anyway... The person um, particularly didn't want us to go early and they were driving, so we had no choice. I could have done with transportation down to a T in that moment, but it did not happen. And we got to Leon Airport and we got to British Airways counter and I said, I'm here to check in for my flight. And you're like, you're too late. 
I said, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm like, I mean, it hasn't gone yet. No, but the gate's closed. I'm like, no, no, you, you, you don't understand. And I can feel... Yeah, there's 2,000 people in a queue waiting to go through security. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't understand. Stu was squeezing me. Like, I'm about to have a non-opportunity moment of lack of grace. And I could feel him squeeze. And he's like, no, no, you can't, you see. And there was a queue of 2,000 people. And um, I said, but we have fast track. <laughs> Wrong thing to say to a stressed British Airways stewardess. I said... Uh, well, I'm sorry you have fast track, but fast track is closed. And I said, but is there not a way we can skip round? Is that not what gold British Air... I had no grace. <laughs> and I hate queuing. <laughs> um, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not joking. I don't enjoy queuing. <gasps> I'm just like, come on, people. And... <laughs> That's why I like to pay for people shopping in front of me to get them through quicker. <laughs> I'm like, come on, just go through so I could go through. Anyway, so we, <laughs> we were queuing and we had our little wheelies there and I had my little proud gold executive club member tag on my wheelies. Anyway, in that moment, two pilots from British Airways stroll on past and I turned to Stuart and I kind of like, I felt it inside me. And I'm like, excuse me, Mr. Pilot. <laughs> and he looked, he came back. And I'm like, we have a bit of a problem. There's a really long queue. Bear in mind at this point, I hadn't prayed once. Just saying, just saying. But this is where I realise we live a life knowing who God is. Someone say hallelujah and he gives grace. Even if my husband didn't in that moment, he was so embarrassed. Like, excuse me, Mr. Pilot. <laughs> And I heard it come out of my mouth and I'm like, shakaramba, Mr. Pi sounded like three years old. So this British Airways pilot, who I'm still friends with on Twitter, <laughs> he, he was really, so he is real. He comes back, he said, yes, how can I help you? I said, well, we seem to have a problem. I have a meeting to get to. Was it not? Did I not say it just like this? We seem to have a problem. Real Queen's English. I was very polite, Mr. Pilot. We seem to have a problem. There's a lot of people in front of us right now. And I need to be on your plane. And there's no fast track. He's like, yeah, fast track's closed. And <laughs> I said, well, I can see that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but you know, can you, like, help us? And he wandered off, didn't he? He said, I'll see what I can do. I thought, oh, yeah, right. It's the last I've seen of Mr. Pilot. I'm going to start talking all South London now to be like my husband. <laughs> Posh has gone out the window. Anyway, excuse me, Mr. Pilot. We were standing there with our wheelies. I'm like, dear Lord. And I still had no grace. And then, anyway, excuse me, Mr. Pilot, suddenly starts walking past these 2,000 people towards us. He came up to us and he's like, hi. I said, hi. And he said, would you just come with me? You're going to need to be a very brave Chloe. I've not told you my name. I'm like, Angel Gabriel in pilot form. Who knows? And then the next thing he says was, Leave him here in the queue in case it doesn't work. And I'm like, what's going to happen? So I just like, I forgot about him. I went with 
over there getting smaller and smaller. And as we were walking, he's like, now, I said you need to be a very brave Chloe. I'm like, yeah. It felt like, like, as, like, it felt like the awe of a lot. I was like, yeah. And um, he said, I'm going to show you something. I know there's not a fast track. This is an unconventional fast track. And as I was walking past all these people, you could hear them being like, where's she going? Tutting, no grace, just like me back there, no grace at all. I'm in Leon, I spoke no French except to say a vous play, and I couldn't say that to the pilot. I mean, it would just be embarrassing. Ma pétifoulou, de pain de vin de boisson. I know that. That's an advert, that's French, that's the limitation of my French. And I, I had nothing, and I literally got, got to where everyone was starting to go through security, and he said, you see this door? This is your unconventional, oh, this wall, this is an unconventional fast track. And I thought, he is an angel, he's going to tell me to just walk through it. <laughs> Stu's back there. I'm like, I can't leave Stu. And he, it, was, it was a frosted, smoky wall. And then he said to me, you can't write this down. There are cameras all around you. And our friend was, our friend from, who dropped us off was way out in, you know, waiting to see if we'd actually take off. And anyway, so we got here and he said, there are, there are some cameras, but you just watch and you memorise. And I'm like, oh dear Jesus, you really have to have the final say here. And he plugged in, um, for example, 8008 on this keypad. The entire wall went in front of me. And I'm like, with my case here and in front was literally security where you put all your bags through and he said you're going to have to now be a very brave Chloe you're going to walk back you're going to get your husband you're going to walk past all these 2,000 people you're going to plug in this code and I'm going to see you the other side of the baggage when you put your baggage screen I'm like okay I'm like Oh no, my memory, what was the number? And I was like going back with my wheelie, everyone who'd said, what is she doing going that way? As I went that way, it was like, see, it didn't work, didn't work. I go back to collect stew and I'm like, Jesus, like this is, this is, this is big. I'm like, stew. I've got to be a very brave Chloe. You're coming with me. It's an unconventional fast track. I'll explain later. We just have to go. So Stu comes with me. This point, Mr. Science Boy here was like, what is happening? I start, I said, look to him. We got to the, we got to this frosted screen. And I'm Stu, you now need to pray in tongues. That's your job. If you could just stand here, because he told me a camera's there. And he said, before he went through, he said, you don't get that, you don't understand. People don't get to come through here. I'm like, please, Holy Spirit, what was the number? Like, what if I'd put in 007 or something by accident? (laughs) Anyway, I put this number, put this number in. And I said, Stu, just, he told me to act like we know what we're doing. So you just look straight ahead. Don't let anyone in the eyes. We'll be fine. So we had our wheelies. The screen went back. These two people with AK-47s are like, what business do you have coming through here? My Mr. Pilot was standing just the other side. Don't worry there with me. And he'd waited for us. And he called us round. He's like, no, you're not even going to wait there. Put your baggage through here. They have a very important assignment. He called us through. I'm like, yes, and kind of like did a wave at everyone up that queue as I went past. (laughs) 
And as we got through, we had to wait for five minutes. We then got on the plane. And as we stepped foot on the plane, the air stewardesses all came, all came to the front and they said, you must be Mr. and Mrs. Glasborough. Welcome on board. We have a very lovely seat for you. The pilot's been waiting for you. Jesus will have the final say. And that testimony... You may have an unconventional fast track. You may not get what you thought you were going to get. He may change things in the middle. I'm a British Airways Gold customer holder. Do you not know why I can't go the right fast track? But that one was so much more fun. <laughs> 007. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a detective. But no, I have. Have a nice. Stu said I would have cried when I arrested someone. So he didn't think it was a very good idea. The point being, he has the final say. And we may have an unconventional fast track. We may not do it the way our prophetic words had suggested, but prophetic words aren't God. Jesus knows you may not get your house tomorrow when you thought you would. It may be in three months time, but God has an unconventional way of provision. He's going to bring it left field from Mr. Pilot. So if you see a British Airways pilot approach you at some point, maybe it's the same angel. <laughs> but seriously, well, that angel had a Twitter account, so he was definitely a pilot, but the Lord clearly used him. I just feel like the Lord is trying to say to you, remember he is not the God that people tell you he is in minute form. He is bigger than you can ever imagine. And I want to finish on a script, well, four things in a scripture. He has an unchanging nature, which brings comfort. I wrote this this morning. He has a majesty which inspires us to worship. He has an authority which gives us peace. He has a perfect plan which fills us with joy. And it may be unconventional, but he will always have the last say. And that testimony, I go goosebumpy every time I tell it because the name that outlast them all in that moment was the testimony of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to him be all glory so why don't you just stand with me <sighs> Mr. Pilot I hope I meet him again <laughs> uh, and you know what's so funny God has a sense of humor and so he loves it when we're childlike and I look back in that moment I think why on earth did I say Hello, Mr. Pilot. Excuse me, Mr. Pilot. Like, but it one is attention. And God is looking for the attention in your heart, but he's looking for the childlike heart to say, I'm going to dare to believe that all things are possible. So just lift your hands to heaven right now. Father, I start by repenting on behalf of this house the global house of Catch the Fire, if there is any way in which we have never given you the glory for being Alpha and Omega, if there is any way in which we have stepped into something when you've not said so, when we've done something where you've not released us to, and where we've been in rebellion, Father, we ask that you'd clean the slate this morning. Right now, clean it. When we've stepped into relationships where you haven't said X, Y, Z, or it's been too quick or where we have it, it's just simply where we haven't yielded to you. That's what it is. Father, we ask your forgiveness. 
And we ask for a cleansing of the blood of Jesus over our house and every household represented. For every generation, generation's worth of rebellion, we cut off the assignment of rebellion off of our lives in Jesus' name. And, and it's not that you're choosing to be, it could be a weakness in the family line. So why don't you just say this with me, in the name of Jesus, I repent for any time I've been rebellion, rebel, in rebellion, when I've been seeking my own thing, the grass is greener on the other side. And I haven't acknowledged you as a now God. All my family lines. I repent now in Jesus' name. And I cut myself off from every generational curse of rebellion. And every family member that hasn't acknowledged you as the Alpha, I ask that you would forgive me and them. And I choose to forgive them for not teaching me the ways of the Lord. And Father, all the in-between journey, the unconventional moments, the lack of fast track, the frustration, the annoyance, the unbelief, all of the stuff in the middle that's been outside of your heart for me. I'm really sorry. My attitude, my attitude that has blamed everyone else, but hasn't taken responsibility for my stuff. Forgive me, God, because that's sin. Yeah, forgive me. And Father, today, I ask for a fresh outpouring of your Spirit in my life that I would have joy on the unconventional journeys (laughs) and that I would acknowledge you to have the last say. Say this with me, you are Alpha and Omega. You're beginning and the end. You're the in-between. You're the now. You're the omnipresent. You're the one I'll be with for eternity. But until that moment, I acknowledge you to have sway over everything in my life. In the name of Jesus. Revelation 21 verse 6 says, And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. It is done. And Father, as your children, we come before you right now and we ask that you would sanctify our lives right now. And for me and Chloe and our house, we just submit to you right now. And we ask that you would sanctify even decisions that we've done that we thought were right but were wrong and decisions that we've made that we knew were wrong, and decisions that we've made and actions that we've done that were in complete rebellion. We bring our lives to You right now, and we ask that You would forgive us. We turn away from everything of sin, everything of selfish, everything of rebellion, 
The Bible says they are a stiff-necked people. Father, we repent for being stiff-necked. And in the, in the moment of this repentance, we choose to receive your forgiveness. And in the freedom of your forgiveness, speak your now plan to every one of our hearts. Confirm what is you and annihilate what is not you. We want your now plan. Lord, we don't want you to bless what we do. We want to be where you are. We want to be doing what you're doing, saying what you're saying. And I felt the Lord speaking to every person in the room and at home that if, if you know that in this moment you have repented and you have received his forgiveness, that there was a it is done coming over your life. That if you're clean in the spirit right now because of repentance and forgiveness, if you know that to the best of your ability and with your heart open before the Lord, you are where He wants you, doing what He wants you doing, being who He wants you to be, then I'm going to ask if that's you. And if you're not sure, I don't know, this, is, this sounds a bit weird. If you're not sure, I want you to just be sure, so stay where you are. But if you know that as far as you are able, you're, you're open and clean before the Lord then I'm just going to ask you to just come to the front. And it's not about clean not versus unclean. Let me rephrase it. If you know you're right in what you're doing and where you are with the Lord, then I want you to come to the front. If you're not sure and there's a little bit of work for you and Holy Spirit to do, then just stay where you are. That's not a condemnation. It's just that this impartation is for those who know that they're where they're supposed to be, doing what they're supposed to be doing, Because I felt the Lord wanted to just really supercharge that. Just come, to the, come right to the front. We rarely bite. Another step forward, guys. Another step forward. And if you're not sure, then that's the homework from today that over the next few days and weeks, you spend time with Holy Spirit, making sure that your journey's cleaned up, that you've repented and forgiven for anything and everything, so that what you are and where you are, you know is as clean as you can. And none of us here as well as we want to. And so it's not about certainty, it's just about submission. But for those who know right now that you've done what you can, I just felt the Lord say, it is done. And with the Almighty, it is done. We bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to receive the resources of heaven and the backing of heaven's armies so that you could be who you are called to be. And for everyone who's not come to the front, you can take the blessing of this 
that you would have heaven's resources endorsing and resourcing who you are called to be. And it always starts with who you are called to be. And we bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to know your identity in Christ and to know the security of your identity. And then out of that blessing, we proclaim it is done over what you are called to do here on earth. We ask Holy Spirit that you would come and dwell in those that know that their activity in the kingdom was called by you. And for everyone who's listening right now, if you know that there's things in your life you were called to do, then I bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to be empowered in that activity. That it has to come from the identity. It has to come from within. It has to come from the who you're called to be. But what you're called to do would be resourced by heaven. That there would be literal finances from heaven coming to his vision for your life. That there would be people opening doors. That there would be someone just who comes alongside you and says, I know someone that can help with that. Yeah, and I felt like some of you even this week, as Stu said the word finance, I saw checks in the mail, but I saw it like bold, bold zeros. And I felt like the Father saying to challenge you to ask, ask what it is that you need. Ask for that provision, ask for that favour. And Father, I thank you that even as Scripture says, we be aware and be on, be on watch because you never know when you're entertaining angels. Lord, we want more Mr. Pilot encounters and testimonies where suddenly from nowhere, unconventionally, you send someone to get us through. And Lord, I just thank you for, for who you are. And we ask for supernatural testimonies. Father, I thank you for, for even in the body out the body. I do not know what it says in Scripture, Lord. Would you use us for your glory, even if we're not aware of it? Father, would you take us up and take us into heavenly realms so that we can feel you and see you? And Lord, I thank you so much that you are the last final say. You are Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we declare the Alpha and Omega over us and our families and our businesses and our choices and our decisions. In the mighty name of Jesus, can someone just say, with me. In Jesus' name, you are Alpha. You are Omega. You have final say over my life and my family. In Jesus' name, amen. Just put a hand on someone near you and bless them and say, take it. Just take it for yourself. Take it for yourself. Take upgrades. Take the presence and power of who He is and be filled to overflowing. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say, Amen. Amen. Just receive. Just keep receiving. Don't be quick to move on. Don't be distracted by man. Be fixed on heaven. Just Dwayne twice recently has been told by God, just look at your bank account and it's changed. 
And so ask the Lord what it is that you're supposed to look at or who you're supposed to look to. Because I feel like the resourcing thing is very, very clear that there's, the Lord has people who can open a door or fix a problem and you've discounted them because you walk past them every day. But the Lord, ask the Lord, who, who am I supposed to look at? What am I supposed to look at? Is it, I felt like there's someone who's going to open a drawer and there's going to be 85 pounds in that drawer. And you didn't even know that, that there was money in that drawer. Just ask the Lord, because this is, we had a friend from Argentina whose mum literally had a month's worth of resources for her ministry fall out of the sky, literally fell out of the sky. But as Close said, we need to ask. You know, the Bible says, who starts building without knowing the cost? I felt the Lord say for, for those of you who have businesses and ministries that you're supposed to be asking God, right, I need 115,000 pounds. That's what I need for, to do what you've called me to do. I need 15,000 pounds to do what you've called me to do. I feel like the Lord is saying, count the cost and then ask me for the cost. There's a blessing that Isabel prophesied over me many years ago was that I would be sat at the table, the the strategy table of heaven with the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit talking to them about business and organizational strategy. And I was to talk to them like it was a business meeting. Okay, this is what I need. This is what I need. This is what I need. And that heaven would respond to that. Not because I'm going there in arrogance, but I'm going there because that is an invitation from heaven. And I feel like for those of you with with business, with housing opportunities, with ministry opportunities, that you you need to be strategic about it. And you can be supernatural when it comes to where the money's coming from, but you need to be strategic about what you're asking for. Some of you need to literally count up what you're asking for from heaven. So why don't you just say this? Jesus, you're the Alpha. Jesus, you're the Omega. You have the final say. If you didn't start it, it didn't start. But when you start it, no man can stop it. 